Hello, listeners. This is David, the co-host of Single Dad, Why You Mad? And uh, yeah, this episode is being posted off our normal biweekly schedule. But we also wanted to remind you that you can watch clips of this episode and other video content on the Single Dad, Why You Mad? YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to another <laughs> episode of Single Dad, Why Are You Mad? Single dad, why you mad for Father's Day? Right? And, um, you know, like I always say, what is it a name? And uh, we are going to get into soon what is in a name, right? Um, but uh, I'm David, and I'm a single dad to uh, my one and only child. He is a boy. His name is Miles. He is three and a half, and, um, you know, it's hard to focus on anything else besides him. I can completely relate. You know, I'm Clark. I am a single dad to three girls ages 18, 13, and 11. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I said in one of our previous episodes, especially when you're looking at the idea of dating, it is very, I am very hard pressed to think of anybody who would come in the spot before number four. And in order to date me, you gotta be willing to do that. So um, yeah, it, it's very hard to focus on anything other than daddying at this point in my life. I can dig it. So um, the first thing we like to do is define what a single dad is for anybody who is new. And um, we define single dads as a father who shares an equal amount of time uh, with his kid as his co-parent, right? So uh, for me, what does that mean? Um, right now, me and my son's mom um, split him evenly, 15 days a month for her, 15 days a month for me. So he's with me Monday nights. I pick him up from uh, daycare Monday nights or Monday around 6 p.m. He's with me Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. I drop him off at daycare. I'm sorry, I drop him off at preschool now, um, which is what, you know, a lot of this episode is going to be about, right? So I drop him off at preschool now, and um, she picks him up on Thursday nights, and she keeps him Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. And then if she has to work on Sundays, she brings him to me on Sunday morning, and I keep him until she gets home from work, and then she keeps him overnight. But if she doesn't have to work Sunday nights, then um, she keeps him during the day, and then I go get him sometime around 6, and he stays with me Sunday night, and then we just start the week all over again. Um, yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, our, our situation, you know, and, and I've shared this before, it's not as cut and dry and clean. Um, we have 50-50 custody, which means I generally have them four nights a week. She generally has them three. But the reality is, depending on what work demands or our lives demand, if I have to pick up and, you know, head out of town for work or, you know, she has a work function or what have you, we work together to do what's in the best interest of the kids. You know, also, realistically, most of their friends and activities center around their school and, you know, their school friends, which happens to be near my home. So we make moves that accommodate our kids. Okay. So, um, you know, the other thing you say, and yours, yours is not as cut and dry, and I'm going to say the same thing, that mine's isn't as cut and dry. Like, you know, you would, so probably me more than you, have been in court you know, family right. court, right? Um, but 
I had this agreement with my son's mom with respect to splitting him, you know, evenly down the month before we got to court. We got to court to formalize it, you know, so that it was clear about, you know, who was doing what. Um, but, uh, you know, this is an agreement we had. And I think you mentioned this on one of the episodes. This is the way I'm built, right? right. I'm not comfortable with anybody raising my kid without me having equal input. And I'm sorry to say this. I don't know how this is going to sound when I say this, right? But I'm not comfortable with my mother. God bless her soul. She's gone now. But I wouldn't want my mother raising my kid by herself without some equal influence from me, right? I'm not comfortable leaving my kid, you know, seven days a week, and I'm only visiting him one day or two days on the weekends, and somebody else is having all of that sort of influence, and I'm not having an equal amount of influence over my kid when I see them, right? That's just not the way I'm built. So, you know, regardless of any court agreement, this is the way it is. Just sending a check or just having, you know, uh, um, somebody garnishing my salary for a check, that's not good enough for me. For me, that's not defined as taking care of your kids. Being you know, with your kids. What, what do you call it? We call it business and with your kid. You know, you business with your kid. You spend time with your kid. You are actively stewarding this person to adulthood. And it's interesting that, you know, you're, you're talking about equal time or, 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 or quantity time. You know, I think it's also important to, to reflect on quality time. What are you doing with your kid when your kid is in your presence? And some dads, realistically, or some moms on the other end, may not get as much chronological time with their kids, but what are you doing when your child's in your presence? Are you active with your child? Are you spending time with your child? Are you interacting? Are you having conversations? Are you, you know, putting effort into developing in that child into somebody that you would actually want to hang out with if they weren't biologically yours. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, you know, that's what I think about when I talk about the idea of being a single dad, you know? And, you know, I, I think we also want to throw out another reminder. The fact that while you guys are listening to us and while we're sharing our experiences, we don't claim to be child rearing, dating, relationship, co-parenting, financial, or baby mama expert. You know, we're two guys who just happen to share our perspectives. We are changing the oil as we're flying the plane and wishing to God we had an instruction manual. <laughs> wishing, I pray to God. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to get into some of that. But uh, the last thing I think is, uh, you know, um, this is not the place where we come to bash our co-parents. Um, this is a place where we come to learn from our experiences, like you just said, right? So it's not that, um, you know, every now and then I'm not going to feel a certain way as I'm going through something with my co-parent, you know, because Chris, like you have said, you know, uh, they at one end of the boat, I'm at the other end of the boat. You know, we living in different houses. They trying to row in that direction. I'm trying to row in this direction versus you living in a house. It's probably difficult enough living in a house with somebody rowing that boat in the same direction, right? But when you're living in a different house of somebody and you've got different goals and different plans, you know, it's difficult. So um, not that we ain't never going to, you know, um, never have something to say about our co-parents and express some sort of frustrations or whatever thing is or whatever it is. But that's not what we're here for. And that's not what we're doing. You know, it's 
as you use the example of like rowing the boat and, and rowing in the same direction, you know, one of the things I tell people, especially like my friends who come to me for advice, yeah, you know, I'm contemplating a divorce and, you know, yeah, I'm con contemplating going in another direction, especially when you have kids. One of the things that I warn people is like, divorce doesn't mean your problems disappear. It just means your, your problems live in another house. In the <laughs> especially if you got kids. Oh, for real and for facts. Like the, the, the stuff, and I'm waiting, my ex-wife is waiting for her turn to speak. She is, she is absolutely waiting and chopping at the bit to get on this program and say her piece. Because she will tell you the things that drove her nuts about living with me and being married to me are still the things that drive her nuts 10 years later. And I'm less likely to care about them because I'm not married to her anymore. So uh, speaking of that, right? Um, and uh, you know I love you, right? <laughs> what I do hey, look, look how look how I lead up to it, right? You know I love you, right? Um, I, I, I love the setup. Okay, so uh, you know I manage well. I manage our you know um, social media on mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, right? And somebody was liking one of the videos or the pictures today, yeah. and I said, "Oh damn, who's that?" And guess who it was? Who was it? Your ex-wife. Word? <laughs> now, anybody's going to say, oh, how the fuck did he let that go? Oh, my God. What's the matter with him? How the fuck did he let that go? You oh know? Are you shitting me? Yo. He let that go? So, okay. Oh, but hold on, but hold on, hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. Say your piece. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm telling I'm not. I'm not going to give out her Instagram, right? But I'm just saying, she likes Wait, have you seen her Instagram? Huh? Yeah. Okay, okay. And I'm scrolling through. I'm like, oh my God, who is this? And then I saw your kid. And I said, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. You, ha you hadn't seen her before? No. Oh, God, son. Oh, you, you, you realize this conversation, when this airs, because she, she, she listens sometimes. She doesn't listen to every episode. Or at least she tells me she doesn't listen to every episode. But I'm sure she's going to happen to listen to this one. And this is going to absolutely make just, her. Yeah, just by coincidence, she listens just to this Just by coincidence, she's going to listen And she's going to be like, I told your fucking ass, right? I Yo. told your fucking ass. Yeah. I'm listen. scrolling through her pictures. And I said, wait a minute. These kids look familiar. Ain't this a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something, though. But let me tell you something, right? I'm short of breath. <laughs> Bruce Willis said when he was with fucking, uh, what's her name? Demi Moore. When he was with Demi Moore. He yeah. said, you show me a woman, I don't give a goddamn how fine she is, and I'll show you a man that's sick of her. Facts. Yo, I, I, I've said it numerous times on this show. I've said it to her face. Listen, my ex-wife is an attractive woman. She's a very attractive woman. She's an incredibly intelligent woman. I ain't built to deal with her. <laughs> Just like she's not built to be a CEO's wife, like you've said on the previous right. episode. Right, right. Right, and and, and 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 I don't and I don't say that to be disparaging of her. My point of focus and my goal set is completely different from what she needs in a dude, or what she feels that she needs in a dude. She's an attractive woman. She's a good-looking woman. But right. to okay. Bruce's All point, right. All right, no, don't say yo, it again. There's no need to say it again. No need I'm to just, say it again. <laughs> Bruce's point is Bruce's point. It's a real point. You know, is it's the same reason why. Ashton was like, you're not Jed, I'm done too. <laughs> it's like, you know, 
So um, how was your week? Um, you know, we haven't recorded, you know, and like everybody, either they know or they don't know, uh, we record, we don't record every two weeks, but we release an episode every two weeks. And what we haven't probably recorded in about uh, a week and a half or two weeks, um, what you've been doing since then? Yeah, I, I get on every episode and go, what have, what have you been doing? I'm just like, work shit. Like, I, like, work has kept me, like, just so busy running around, making connections. I think I might have mentioned to you that I'm looking to transition to another department of, of the company I work for. And that's in fruition and that's in motion. And it's going to be a tremendous opportunity for me. And, you know, ultimately for, you know, what I want to achieve for my kids. That's where most of my focus has been. Uh, let's see. Also, you know, doing daddy stuff. So we had annual appointments for the two little ones today. And I am raising some giant ass women. So Megan Thee Stallion. Dude, we, we, we were in the doctor's office today. And it's so funny because like my, my oldest daughter, we were talking about like, oh, she's so tall, she's so tall. And she was born, she was 10 pounds, three ounces, right? So we're used to big girls. She's now like maybe about 5'10", five, 5'11". Five my middle daughter, she's sprouted up really quickly. She, she's super slim, but she's a tall girl. She, she stands in front of the, the, um, the measurer today, the, the ruler today. She's five foot eight and a half inches. At how old? 13 years old. God damn. So at 13 years old, she's about the, the height of an average ma adult male. Exactly. Right? And then my youngest daughter, who was like, oh, the baby, she's so tiny, she's a runt. Because her older sisters were 10 pounds, three ounces, nine pounds, respectively. And then she came out, she's five pounds, eight ounces. So we're like, oh, she's a baby, she's tiny, oh, she's so tiny. You know, she, she goes and gets measured. She's at five foot two at 11 years old, <laughs> right? So like for us, we're like, oh, she's so tiny, she's so small. But by comparison, the doctor's like, yo, she's in like the 90 something percentile for, for height. Mm -hmm. And she's one of the most kids. And then when I see her in comparison to her classmates, I'm like, yo, like she's a Goliath too. Yeah, but she's basically the smallest giant is what it is. How tall are you? I'm 6'1". And your dad was tall. Yeah, my dad was 6'3". Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny, because that's another thing that my ex-wife and I butt heads about, because she's always like, oh, you're not 6'1". You've got to be like 5'10", 5'11". I'm like, yo, why are you always trying to shake yeah, they all, Yeah, 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 yeah. They always want to cut you off at the fucking nuts. Always, always. Yeah. Like, anything <laughs> I do is like, oh, it's good, but eh. yeah. I'm like, yo, son. And, and I think that... Yeah, I see you going after your little promotion. I see you going after your little job change. You're going after a little promotion. Yeah, yeah. always want to cut you off at the nuts. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, but I've always said, thank God that my ego is a self-sustaining entity and I don't need the you know, feedback, encouragement from somebody else. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. And I know how big I am. So I'm good. So um, it was a good week for you. Everybody's healthy. I can't complain, man. I can't complain. What's going on in your side of the world, man? Huh. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, and I'm pretty sure you've been here before. This is going to be a perfect transition into, you know, what the subject matter is for today, right? School days, right? Mm. So my kid, I don't know how much I talked to you about this already, right? But my kid has been in uh, daycare since he was uh, a year and a half, I believe. Actually, no. He started going to daycare before he was a year old. 
okay, I don't remember exactly, right? But he's been in daycare for a significant amount of time, right? Um, and it was a daycare that we liked. It was a daycare that taught like school. So he got all his ABCs. He could say every color, every shape. He was the smallest one in there or the youngest one in there sitting in the high chair when he started. And then, you know, I noticed uh, sometime in July or August, right? And I had probably noticed it all summer that uh, he's the biggest kid now after being there, you know, for two years plus, right? He's sitting up in the front and they're watching, you know, Super Y or whatever else it is. And he's singing all the songs and, you know, everybody else is in high chairs. And I'm saying to myself, okay, how much more is he going to get out of this? You know, how much more is he going to get out of this? So um, someone who was also in that daycare with them was no longer in the daycare. She had taken her son out, who was a good friend of uh, Miles, and put him in this preschool down the block. Um, so she gave me her number and I reached out to her and I asked her about it. And she said, yeah, it's great. She gave me the woman's number. I go over there. It's a, you know, I don't know how much I'm telling on myself right now. Right. But it's a low income program. Right. right. So, you know, um, I'm wasting my time thinking that I'm going to qualify. Right. Um, but I take his mom's salary from her second job. Um, and that's how we qualify. Him, right. Oh, right. So now he's in. Right. And he's been going there since, you know, um, sometime, you know, like the second week in September, right? I posted uh, one of these, uh, a video on Instagram of, you know, uh, his second day there, I had to sit with him for the entire day. I only sat with him for half the day because he was good. His mom sat with him the first day, half a day. I sat with him the second day for a little bit more than half a day. You know, I set up office there, so on and so forth. And, um, and now he's there. Right. And he's going every day and he's working on the potty train. And some days he has accidents, right? When he's sleeping um, and he, uh, you know, may pee his pants. So sometimes they have to put a, um, what do you call this? A pull up on him instead of leaving him in his underwear. Um, and this is something that I'm working on. And um, this is bringing up a lot of stuff for me, right? Because this is what I've been dealing with. And it's really bringing up a lot of stuff for me. Um, first of all, uh, with respect to peeing in the bed, I peed in the bed for a long time every now and then up until like my early teens. I forgot all about that shit. Is my boy going to do the same thing? I have no idea. But I specifically remember I was maybe 10 years old and every now and then I would pee the bed at night. Yeah. I had forgotten all about that shit. Yeah. But that wasn't really the problem, right? The pee in the bed, we're going to get around that. You know, we're going to talk about it. We're going to work it out. Stop giving him so many liquids at night, whatever else it is. But here's the real problem, right? Here's, the, here's, the, here's my real issue, right? My kid likes to carry toys with him all the goddamn time. Mm -hmm. So he takes this toy with him to school, right? He gets in the car with it. It's a little man. And I said to him as we're getting out the car, you can't take that into school. And he says, yes, I can. So I said, okay, a lesson's gonna be learned here. The teacher's gonna take it from him and he's gonna have to fucking learn his lesson, right? Okay, so we get upstairs. I'm sitting down with him, getting ready to drop him off, getting ready to walk out. He's got the toy in his hand. I said, Miles, you can't keep that out. You gotta put that in your pocket. He says, okay. He puts it in his pocket while I'm there, right? I go and pick him up later in the evening from daycare. So the way it works now is that preschool's open from 8.30 to 3.30. Daycare will go to the school and get him. 
All right. And take him to the daycare. And then they keep him until six o'clock until either me or his mom goes, goes and gets him, right? Um, you know, and uh, it's good enough, right? It would be better if it was eight that I could drop him off because then that means I could get to, uh, you know, uh, work a little bit earlier or get back to do some work a little bit earlier, but, you know, whatever. So um, he doesn't come home with the fucking toy. No. So I asked him what happened as we're walking out of the daycare because they don't know. They didn't see me drop him off. And he says, the man took it. So right now, my kid is not at the place where he understands pronouns, you know? He doesn't understand he or she or male or female. I'm naturally assuming, you know, some t- the teacher took it or some other kid, you know, uh, took it, right? The next day I go to school, I ask about it. They're like, yeah, that's why we don't um, tell them to bring toys, but we'll find out. They didn't know anything about it. Um, the next day, the toy comes back. Right. The next day I go there and I asked them, okay, so you found the toy. They said, yeah, we um, asked all the parents and then one of them brought it back. I said, you're not going to tell me which one it was, huh? And they said, no. Right. Yeah. You laughing. You see, you see where I'm going with this shit. Right. Right. Cause I was ready to go. I was ready to go. I was ready to go talk to this kid's father. So I have an idea which kid it was. Right. Because from the day sitting in the fucking class, there's one kid that's going ape shit the entire fucking time. Yeah. Right. And at one point, um, you know, I see this one kid, he's pushing other kids, whatever it is, when it's time to sit around in a circle, he's the one rolling around on the floor, not paying attention, whatever else it is. And my immediate attitude is let me get this kid for a fucking week. Or let me go talk to his father. Right, right. And then I wanted to really say something fucked up, like chances are his father's not around. How I knew that was coming. <laughs> Oh, you want this, Jed? And then I asked my kid one day when I'm sitting there with him and there's other kids sitting at breakfast, yeah. right? Um, was it the kid next to you that took it? And he said, no. Was the kid next to you that took it? He said, no. Was it the kid across me that took it? He said, no. So I said to him, well, he said, yes. And it was this kid that I'm talking about, right? Now, right. they're all three, four years old, right? They're three and a half, four years old, all of them, right? Right. And, you know, this kid don't know no better. He saw a toy, he probably wanted it. And the truth of the matter is, I don't really know what happened. Right? right, I wasn't there. My kid could have put it down. The other kid took it. My kid, my kid could have let him hold it. I would But what I said to my kid was, Miles, you cannot let anybody take anything from you. Right. right? You cannot let anybody take anything from you. If you want to let them hold it, that's fine. But you got to get it back. If you want to give it to them, that's fine too. But you can't let anybody take anything from. You. Um, what's my fucking problem here? Because I was talking to somebody about it the other night. Right. I got a problem thinking that somebody could be punking my fucking kid. Yo. Yo. So, I'm going to let you finish where you're going before I say anything. Go ahead. And I don't even know what the fuck happened. Right. But I don't want nobody trying to... So, I go back to the school, right? And I asked him again, so you found the toy year? She says, "Um, yeah, that's why. And we had a conversation with all the kids about the, you know, not bringing toys to school. And I said, okay. And did you have a conversation with all the kids about not taking something that doesn't belong to you? And she said, uh, uh, yeah, we did, but we could do that again. That means that you didn't. Didn't, no. That, that conversation never happened. So I'm saying to myself, right? Okay, he's in a low-income program, right? Mm-hmm. He's around kids, you know, um, that, whose parents need that. What does that say? This is fucked up to say. This is fucked up to say. But what does that say about those parents? Where are those parents coming from? Who are those parents? Right. So, so here's the thing. 
right? Because there, there's a couple of things that that are being said without being directly said, you know, and there's a, there's a point of frustration, right? I can hear it in your voice. I can see it in your face as, as we're having this conversation. I want to throw out that just because it's lower income parents don't mean that the kids don't have home training. If anything, certain lower income parents are more worried about their children being an embarrassment to them than parents who actually have the cash. <laughs> you know, so I, I think that that's one thing to take into consideration. You know, it's, it, I like it was while I'm watching this, um, I was watching an interview with Eddie Huang, who is the guy who wrote the book Fresh Off the Boat, which the, the TV series is based on. Yeah, and I like Eddie, that show. I like that show. Yeah. And and if you if you watch any of his stuff, like he's like, he's just a really really intelligent dude who went through you know the immigrant experience in in America, and he talked about like going in the grocery store as a kid, and he said, oh you know like I was I was always interested in cooking, I was always a, an inquisitive kid, and I'm touching the fruit and I knock something down, my mom would smack me, bah! stop messing with the fruit because if you if you bruise that, I gotta buy it. He says, and meanwhile. I'm watching the wealthy kids and little white kids in my in my uh, in my neighborhood who are in the same grocery store knocking shit over and throwing things across the room and their mom's like, Billy, stop it, Billy, stop it. He said, but then I see the little <laughs> running Indian. ape shit. They running ape shit around that motherfucker. And he says, I see the little Indian kid and I see the little black kid, and their moms are smacking the shit out of them too. And he said, and that's why I developed the commonality of experience. You know, realizing that, yo, no matter what color I am, whatever, as an immigrant, there's certain shit that's just held together and, and, and instilled in you. So just because a kid comes from a lower income or a poor family doesn't mean necessarily that his parents aren't disciplining him or his pops isn't in the picture, whatever. That said, the kid who's running around ape shit in the classroom, there's layers to that shit. There's absolute layers to that shit. I got, like, before, you know, we got together tonight and we were recording, I was sitting there with one of my buddies, and I've known this guy, you know, 17 years, and we were talking about that idea that, like, yo, know, the dude who is the fucking animal when you're an adult and in college is still, is the same dude who was batshit when you were in high school and junior high and was the same spastic kid in elementary school. Like, it's not brand new shit. Like, th this shit has been going on with these dudes their entire lives, and it just manifests in different ways, you know? So with this kid that you're seeing in class, yo, I'm sure there's an entire bag of worms there, an entire can of worms there that, that needs to be unpacked with his behaviors. You know, now, whether or not it's lack of a dad being present or an overworked mom, or he just happens to be, you know, not have the attention span of other kids, or has low impulse control, or to your point, they're three, they're three years old, they're four years old. Like, right from wrong, eh, it's negligible to them at that point, until the conversation is had, and they begin to get a little older and develop empathy, which from a psychological standpoint, they don't have at that age. They just know, oh shit, that's dope, and I want it. And they pick it up and they walk with it. And you don't know, to your point, the interaction. You don't know if Miles said, hey, you can play with it, and then forgot to get it back from him. Or, you know, say, here, you can have it, and then change his mind, or whatever. You, you don't know. You know, so 
one of the things that we run into as adults is we apply adult reasoning, adult logic, and an adult lens to child circumstance. And I've absolutely been that dude. You know, with, with my daughters being where they are and the ages they are, I've absolutely been in situations where I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go there and burn this entire motherfucker down. <laughs> because ain't nobody gonna do that to my kid. And then you get the whole story and you're like, oh, like, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. My daughter, my oldest daughter, who you know is for the most part an easygoing girl, pretty even tempered. She's, and I've said this before, probably one of the funniest people I know, period, done. I have friends who are stand-up comedians and I will say my kid is probably as funny as these dudes, right? But when she, her mom and I were going through our divorce, she went through a very rough period. And I remember her coming home with a bruise on her face. And I was like, what happened? And she said, I got in a fight with a kid at school. I said, well, who? Who'd you get in a fight with? I got in a fight with this boy. I said, a boy? Yes, I got in a fight with a boy, daddy. Over what? He was picking on me. So I'm looking at my daughter's face, my little nine-year-old girl, and going, nah, fuck that. I'm not playing that game. So I take a picture of her face, I send it in an email to her teacher, and I go, um, and I, I do a very good job of of, uh, of keeping Hood Chris under check, right? Every so often, like, there's a rare occurrence where anybody who knows me has seen, like, like little bits of Hood Chris come out. But I do a very good job of keeping him under wraps. And, and, and I emailed the teacher because I liked her and I respect her. Actually, I saw this lady a couple months ago, and I still love her to death. But I shot her an email and I was like, okay, this is my daughter's face. This is how she got off the school bus. And she said some little boy was picking on her and did this to her. I'd appreciate it if you look into it. David, they look into the situation. Not only did my daughter start the fight, <laughs> she beat the shit out of three little boys. She picked a fight with three little boys and kicked their asses. And one of them got a lucky punch in on it. So I'm here ready to rage and burn shit to the ground for my little girl. And meanwhile, she's the one who picked the fight because as we were going through the divorce and it, I sat with a psychologist and a therapist and went through this and they're like, yo, this is a manifestation of her anger at you. She can't fight you, but she's gonna fight other people. She's gonna take out her anger at you on other people. And dude, mind you, my daughter, was she brown belt at that time? So she'd been training in martial arts since she was about three. So she's picking fights with groups of boys, not just one boy, groups of boys, and kicking their asses, and then come home crying, poor me. And it, and I'm ready to go to war for her until I get the complete story. So that's what I say is the interesting thing. Like, we don't know. You absolutely wanna rock with your kid. You actually wanna advocate for your kid. You absolutely wanna be in your kid's corner but you always want to know the whole story as best as you could possibly get. And the truth of the matter is, yeah, like I said in the beginning, I had no idea what really happened there. Right. I wasn't there. Um, you know, but I think there's a deeper issue here for me also, right? Yeah. And what's that? What, that I have a problem with the idea that somebody might be punking my kid because in my mind somewhere, I think that that's a reflection upon me that I didn't treat him, I didn't teach him, or I'm not teaching him to be tough enough. Yo, know, and, and that's the struggle. Think about it. I, I think every dad goes through it, but in particular, like every black dad 
who has some level of success and who separates himself from hood shit as best as you possibly can, number one, there is still always the allure of hood shit. You still relate to and recognize hood shit. But then there's always the lament that your child will not be as street smart or as savvy as you are. Because I buy him every fucking toy that he asked for. But not, not just that, because like the number one lament that I see of parents who have made it is that my kid is not sharp enough to maintain the shit that I put into place. I've created this multi-million dollar empire and my kid is gonna come along and blow it to shit. Damon says that all the time from FUBU. Yeah, but it's facts. It's absolutely facts. And it's not just him. I, like, I sit in a room with people and have this conversation every day. And for us, it's the, yo, my kid is not gonna be as tough as, or my kid is gonna let somebody get over on me. Or my kid isn't as shrewd as I am. That is absolutely a worry I have. Like, I'm like, I'm here, living in the goddamn suburbs. And I'm like, yo, my kids are gonna be soft, yo. I'm not quite sure how much different that would be than Crown Heights, right? Crown Heights ain't what it used to be 20 years ago, my brother. Oh, I, I, absolutely. It's completely different. It's wild because another podcast I listened to a lot was Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. And he talks about like his life and things he's been through while smoking a ton of weed while he does it. But one of the interesting things that that comes out of it when you listen to Mike is the person he used to be and the person he was shaped into growing up in the hood in Brooklyn and the person he is now. And talking about like raising his kids and one of his sons wanted to be a boxer. And him saying like, this part of me is like, yeah, you know, I want my son to be tough. And he's like, there's another part of me like, yo, I took all those punches so you would never have to. Yes, 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 yes. I said the same thing, yeah. I love you too much to put you in a ring with these animals, with these dudes who this is their means of survival. Yeah. Every, su every, every, super every super tough guy I ever grew up with, you know, that was out doing fucking hood gangster shit, ain't doing shit now. But you also got to realize, especially with him being three, like three, you small, four, you small. And he's undersized also. My kid is just a thin kid. He's tall, he's gangly, but he's also undersized. He's always been thin. And I just naturally assumed that this other kid who's probably, you know, 50% weight heavier than him was bullying yeah. him. Well, you know, here's, here's the other thing. Water finds its own love. So your son might be given by nature or he might be relaxed by nature. You don't want to crush that and quell that and, and, and take that away from him. You don't want him to not be a compassionate person because that will get him a lot further in the world we live in than being a cutthroat. That said, you also want to teach him about standing up for yourself and advocating for yourself. And I say that as a dad of three, of three girls. Like my, my girls all the time, daddy, go do this for me. No. Figure it out. What are you going to do when I'm dead? I say that to them all the time. You know, like, who, who, who's going to argue for you when I'm dead? Who, who's going to go and have this conversation for you when I'm dead? Because at some point, I'm going to be gone. So you just reminded me of something, right? So uh, yesterday morning, I get him up in the morning. Uh, we get dressed. We take a shower if we haven't taken a shower or bathed the night before, right? We get him dressed. And I asked him, does he want cereal? Lately, he's been asking me, can he get cereal? Because I guess he doesn't like what they're serving at preschool. So I make cereal for him. I give him a bowl of Fruit Loops, right? And, you know, I sit him down at the table, go sit at the table. I get him a spoon. I get him a bowl because, you know, uh, a couple of days ago, he said, I'm going to feed myself. And then yesterday, he says to me, I want you to feed me. Right. And I said, for what? And he says, I can't do it. I'm too strong. So he doesn't understand the difference, you know, the weak yet, right? So, but he's just talking shit. 
is what he's really doing. You know what right, I'm saying? Basically. Yeah, he's just fucking with me, right? So I got my bowl of cereal. I sit down, I start eating. I look over, he's still not eating. And he's wiping his eyes like he wants to cry. And I said, dude, eat your cereal. We yeah. got to go to school. I got to go to work. I'm late. And he starts that looking at me and he starts that weeping. And I said, if you're going to eat your cereal, I'm going to turn the TV on because we watch Curious George or whatever's on in the morning, Nature Cat, whatever the fuck is on that motherfucker in the morning, right? right. And he says, so I turned the motherfucker off. Now he's going to fuck off, right? With the wiping of the eyes and the fucking, yeah, and he's not touching the fucking cereal, right? He's going to fuck off, right? So I, after I finish my, eating my cereal, I walk over there and I grab the bowl and I say, come on, because I just want him to eat so I can get out the house, right? Right. And then he comes over next to me and he's sitting next to me, right? And he's still wiping his eyes and he's got his arm around me and he's holding on to me and he's sitting real close. And I'm a sucker for this shit. But it's, here's the crazy shit, David. It's not a sucker move. It's a fucking kid, you know? And, and, and I realized, like, you know, because like, my, my daughters would tell you, daddy ain't the most sensitive dude in the world. Like, like I have moments, and I have moments where, where I, I'm a sap, but I, I tell them all the time, I'm like, yo, listen, just because you're a girl doesn't mean you get to be a sucker. My oldest daughter, like, her, her catchphrase as she was growing up was no blood, no foul. So she fell there, she got hurt, and somebody like, you okay, she again? No blood, no foul, I'm good. Yeah, and that was that was how I raised them. And to a certain degree, the other two as well. You know, I, I've probably gotten a lot softer as they're all coming up together. But I absolutely had those moments where I'm like, yo, son, like, why are you trying to play me? Stop crying. Oh, stop, I, I tell me, why are you crying? Crying is tantamount to terrorism. But then I also had to stop and check myself and go, yo, like, they're children. Children cry, especially young children. They can't articulate themselves in the way that we do. You know, like, even as you expressed it, he, like, the idea of strong is a lost concept on him at his age. And sometimes they just need that that extra, like, coddling. They need mommy and daddy to go, yo, you know what? Shit is good. Come in. Come get a hug, yo. And, like, I, I do that to my daughters now. I'm like, yo, my 13-year-old, there's days where I wish she was a grown man so I could put on gloves and box her. Like, we could just spar and get it out of our system. But she's a 13-year-old girl. And if she decides she wants to be a jerk and an asshole some days, like I have to sit there and go, okay, what's what's un, what's beneath this? What's 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 beneath the surface? And I'll come up to him like, yo, why are you acting like that? What? Nothing. Hey, come in, give me a hug. I don't want to hug anybody. And I'll hug him. And she'll beef for five seconds and then she'll hug me back. Because she probably just needed that. And so like I get the frustration. I absolutely do. Cause I I, I realize, especially with the way that I was I was groomed and, and raised and, and designed. Like it's a transition. And then especially coming from where we come from, where being timid and being tender and being compassionate could lead to you being Getting your fucking ass kicked. Right. Getting, 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 getting run the fuck over. And getting manipulated and getting hurt. But you also got to remember, granted, you know, he's in this daycare and there's a potential for other kids to be like that. But firstly, they're young. Secondly, you are ultimately putting him in a position where he is not going to be around those kinds of people an awful lot in his life. And you also, as he gets older, want to groom him and have those conversations with him. You want to teach him about advocating for himself. Like I, I, my, my daughters will tell you, Clark rule number one, don't panic. People who panic die. Clark number, rule number two, everything in the room is a weapon. Like, these are the shit that my dad told me because those were survival lessons for growing up in Brooklyn from a dude <laughs> who was an emergency room nurse anesthetist 
and a combat medic. Yeah, from fucking Vietnam. Everything in the room is, everything in the fucking jungle is a weapon too. Facts. So like, and it's wild because like, even dudes that I grew up with in Brooklyn, you know, dudes I grew up with in New York, like we laugh about the programming that we got from our parents. So like, I actually did a video about this and posted on my Instagram and it is tagged to, to, to our, our, our shared website as well. But the idea of perception breeding reality, right? And how you, no matter how dirty, warped or cracked your lenses, it shapes your view for the world. But you also got to realize that sometimes the view that you've been programmed with is not applicable for the situation you're in. And you know, just telling the quick story of it, I was talking about the idea of going to Barbados and spending the summer with my family over there. And I was maybe like about 17 or 18 years old. And I'm traveling with my older cousin, Victor. Shout out, Victor, you know, out in Barbados. He's actually my dad's older cousin. So Victor's got to be like in his 80s now, right? Late 70s, early 80s. He's probably like in his 50s back then. And we're driving around and this pickup truck full of dudes pulls up next to us. And I turn and look at them they look at me, and one of the guys is like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, fuck you, me, what's up? <laughs> you naturally assumed it was hard. Right. So, so my cousin Victor, and I, like, I, I, I can't do his accent justice, you know, because he had such a thick Asian accent. But he's like, man, why you being in the soul? What's wrong with you? You know? What's wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, yo, he's looking in the car like he was something. And he's like, what's up? He, he, he looked at me like he know me. And Victor's like, that's because he doesn't know you. Everybody on this island knows each other. Like, you're a new face. So he's like, hey, what's up? How are you? And I'm like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, and now I'm the asshole, right? And generally, I'm not even that dude, but I'm in a, I'm in a foreign country in different circumstances. And I know, like, yo, I ain't going to be the one out here. Like, I ain't going to be the one. Like, that, that's not happening. But dudes ain't on it like that. They're like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? Yeah, what's he meant it really. What's up? He, he really meant like, what's up? You know? And he was like, obviously, I'm a fucking Yankee. Like, you know, like, I, you can look at me and tell I don't live there. So it's like, oh, what's up? How you doing? And so, like, so, so let me ask you. So with that, right? Yeah. Because um, you've been through it three times, right? If you were going to offer me any advice, you know, what would it be? I would say, have the conversations with your son. You know, that it's okay to be know to share and it's okay you know to care about other people it's okay you know to help out people who might be in a worse situation than you and you also have to learn that i'm not always going to be around to dig you out of a situation that's the conversation that i tend to have with my daughters and I, I i you know i'm horrific and i'm morbid and i frame it from that standpoint of yo, you know one day i'm gonna be dead what are you gonna do they're like dad really like you gotta phrase it like that and i go yeah i absolutely do <laughs> you know because I want you to understand it is okay to be you and it's okay to care and it's okay to help people out. Like, I want you to be that person. But I also want you to know that, yo, if you gotta put your foot down, stand your ground and, and, and fight for some shit that's yours, that's okay too. That's okay. You know, life isn't about one side of the, of, of the pendulum or the other, it's about balance. And I think the only way your kid really learns that is by you know, having that conversation with them and, and, and also, you know, exemplifying it for them. Like, I'll, I'll tell my kids, like, I'm like, yo, listen, like, they, they love to hear, well, my mom is the one who, who started telling them Chris stories, telling them stories about stuff that went down when I was a kid. And they're like, dang, did this and the third happen? And they're like, but that helps give them example as to where my mindset comes from and why, you know, I view things in a certain way. Okay. Thank you. All right. 
So um, we've been at this for a little while, right? And uh, probably this is what, the first episode and probably about four episodes where we didn't have a guest. Right. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. It's, it's good to just spend some time catching up. Yeah, it's good. To, yeah, it's good to do that. Um, do you have any uh, body where you want to take out the trash or pat somebody on the back? Tell us why you're mad. You know, I generally am not mad. I'm good. You know, no trash to take out. Pat on the back. Like, I actually want to give a, a quick shout out to my man that I, I was hanging out with a little earlier today. My boy, Yuri. I've known this dude for, geez, like 17 years. Um, And I want to shout him out for being a guy who got back on the horse. Like, we we talk about it all the time. And he's a dude who went through a divorce, you know, has three kids. He's an active dad to his three kids. Got remarried and has two more kids. But he believed in marriage. He believed in love. And he, he... he has a partner that he, you know, it just truly adores. And they've been together for, for a while now, you know, and just in talking to him, big up to you, Yuri, you know, big up to the missus, love you guys, um, and keep doing the damn thing. All right. How so, yeah, for me, um, you know, up until I would talk to somebody the other night and up until I just, you know, let it out right here, I was about to drag, you know, that little kid and his mama and his daddy, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Right? Yeah. right, I'm gonna let that go. With that, we're gonna close out with this episode of Single Dad While You're Mad. Couple of announcements. On October 6th, we aired an episode uh, with Guy Bryant and we call it It Takes a Village. And uh, the airing of that episode was also the simultaneous airing of um, our YouTube channel where we start to show snippets or cuts or clips of the show, be it you know some of our guests or, you know, uh, me and Clark or, you know, some of the conversations or whatever else it is. So check out our YouTube channel. It's the Single Dad Why You Mad YouTube channel that started on October 6th uh, with the airing of the Guy Brian It Takes a Village episode. As another reminder, we have voicemail. So if you're feeling a certain way about something we said or something we should have said, you think we didn't say it on purpose and we should have said it, um, we got voicemail 646-389-2852. 646-389-2852. We may even play your message on an episode. And, um, you know, if you got something you want to share and you want to do it uh, the old fashioned way. Right. So the old fashioned way was Pony Express and then it was writing a letter. But now the old fashioned way is actually sending me an email. Right. So you can send us an email at this is why I'm mad at single dad. Why you mad dot com. Uh, Chris, call to action. Ladies, gentlemen and consenting adults. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, no, but hold on. Hold on. Let me tell you something, though. You used to say that every day, and I used to say, "Why the fuck is he saying that shit?" Now I love it. Right, that, that's that's our that's our drop. People will know us for it. So once again, ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you for joining us. We're gonna see you in two weeks with a new episode. But until then, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Single Dad Why You Mad. The all the words spelled out. Visit our website at www.singledadwhyumad.com. Check out our YouTube channel for clips of episodes. Make sure to subscribe, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes. Tune in on Google Play, Stitcher, and all the other podcast platforms. And thank you, thank you, thank you to the thousand plus subscribers we have to the podcast and those of you following us on IG, wherever you are. And we are starting to get far reached, David. We are Bangkok. in Bangkok. Indonesia. Indonesia. Iran. 
Ireland. Yeah, we have some some uh, followers in Scandinavia as well. Yeah, so shout out to you ladies as well uh, out in the Netherlands. <laughs> you know that for a fact that it's women out there in the Netherlands? or I, 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 and we, we absolutely have two that come to mind right now. So, okay. all right. So thank you all. Actually, we did have a guy from Finland following us early on too. Yes, we did. So, so pardon me for being sexist. Thank you all for following us. You know, we appreciate the love. Keep telling your friends. Can't wait to bring another episode to you and look forward to catching up in two weeks. All right. Single Dad, why you mad? Peace. The new podcast, Single Dad, why you mad?